welcome back to another episode of Dr. Me First. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Aaron Wiseman. And I am just ecstatic today to bring you this favorites episode with Dr. Bonnie Koo. And guess what we're talking about? That's our favorite. That's right, money. If you've listened to any of my other podcasts, you know I love tackling the beast that is money, our money beliefs, how we think about money, how we spend our money, how we save our money, how we think we don't have money. And we're going to get into that all today. So listen to our conversation and then stick around afterwards for a fun kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the Favorites Podcast, Dr. Bonnie Koo. It's so great to have you on here as one of my favorite people talking about our favorite things. Thanks so much for having me, Erin. Yeah. So for listeners who maybe haven't caught your episode way back when, remind everybody who you are, what you're doing in the world, and what your superpowers are. Oh, I love that question. Um, So I'm Bonnie Koo. I'm a physician, specifically a dermatologist. I've been practicing for about four years now out of residency. And um, I have a brand called Wealthy Mom MD. So my superpower is, you know, really showing women physicians that, you know, wealth is possible and that all the things they want to do in their life is not limited by money. Absolutely. If anything, it's blown up. Money fixes a lot of problems. I'm not going to lie. It does. I love money too. I'll, I'm just going to put that out there. I love money. I love talking about money. I used to not. And so I've kind of gotten over my money shit when it comes to that. I'm just excited. So we're going to kind of talk finances, money, wherever this leads us, dollar signs. I don't know. But first favorites, what do you love to spend money on? Ooh, man, so many things. But um, I love spending money on my toddler who's two years old, Jack. I mean, it's, it's so funny. Like, it's like you hear this stuff when, before you become a mom, but then like, it's one of those things. Like I just love, like yesterday I just ordered a bunch of clothes for him on carters.com. That's where we order <laughs> pretty much 99% of his wardrobe is from carters.com. It's cause they always have 50% off. Yes. And I love yes. a good deal too. And plus I don't really care so much about fashion stuff for him, but yeah, I just, I get so much joy out of just buying him stuff like that. Even like buying his cups. I mean, it's like, kind of mundane things, but it gives me a lot of joy just buying him things that are, you know, somewhat like necessary, right? He needs a cup to drink out of, obviously. But, uh, you know, cute clothes, things like that. Um, So that's one thing I love spending money on. I just bought something yesterday. So that's the first thing that came to mind. Absolutely. I'm the same way with my kids. So I had to take all three of them recently to go get new shoes because they just like busted through theirs, even though we just got them for the new school year. It was like, holy shit, guys. But I really loved it. I loved like going, like seeing all the shoes. And it's funny, like mine are a little bit older, but seeing their little personalities, I'm like, oh, no, mom, I would never wear those versus like, these other ones that are pretty similar. I'm like, whatever, that's fine. And I have my youngest one 
it's so funny. She cannot stand like anything tight as far as on her feet, like even tight socks. Oh, you got to take those off. So it's funny shoe shopping with her on what she like wants to buy. And I'm like, sissy, it's like November. We cannot be wearing flip flops and Crocs right now. Like you have to have some shoes. Um, and then my, my boys are funny too about like what they want. My oldest one hates tying his sho his shoelaces. So we still do like slip ons. It's hilarious. And I'm like, well, whatever. If he never learns to tie his shoes, there's Velcro in adult sizes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting you brought up shoes because I was like researching like what do what do toddlers wear? Like it's it's so funny. This is not like a topic like, you know, no one taught us this stuff, but I feel like there's all these new inventions and people are just innovating for like every, you know, thing imaginable, including shoes for kids, right? Mm -hmm. So I learned about this brand called Natives. Have you heard about that brand? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I was like, I didn't buy it, but I almost did. And I was like, they look kind of, I don't know if they look that great to me, but I'm not the one wearing it. So who cares? But yeah. they have such rave reviews. And I'm like, why are these shoes so popular? And it kind of yeah. got me curious. I never like did buy them. My kids always did like the moccasins when they were toddlers with the like tough bottoms. Cause I was mm -hmm. just like, I am not, not tying shoelaces on a two year old. I'm just not doing it. So we yeah, did these the don't have laces. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I had seen those. Yeah. But exactly. Well, going on other favorites, what do you love to save money for? Ooh, I, well, I like to save money for investing. Nice. Tell me more. Yeah. I mean, I want my money to make money, right? So you got to set aside money for that. That's probably my favorite thing to save money for. I mean, vacations too, but I, when I think of saving, I'm, I, at least that's the first thought that comes to my mind is using the money to make more money so I can do more things with it. See, I was the opposite. I was vacations first <laughs> then investing. <laughs> but the, if you invest, then you'll have the money for the vacations, right? That's true. What are your favorite um, things to invest in? So that has changed. So I would say right now um, is real estate. Nice. But it's a relatively new thing we're investing in and learning about. So there's not too much for me to say about it. Um, but I think, you know, there's so many ways for money to make money. And so I love learning about that because of what I do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, I feel like I keep learning new superpowers when it comes to money. Oh yeah. Like, there's absolutely. so many ways money can make more money and that is kind of fun to learn. Yeah. Um, and don't you feel like you learn things about yourself? Like I know, so for instance, me and my husband, he's a farmer here in Indiana. We just recently purchased our, um, first, agricultural ground which was exciting and it's still exciting we're still going through the whole like closing process and everything it takes forever but I feel like through those purchases I learned stuff about me and about him since we're doing it together just about like how risk averse are we now well actually we're like a little bit more risky than what we used to be and you know talking about where things used to feel like big and scary they are not anymore and it's amazing how like through the investment journey, you kind of grow through that. Oh, totally. Like, so that's actually a great point because, you know, I have, you know, relatively limited bandwidth to do certain things because of, you know, working my business, you know, still seeing patients, got a toddler. And so I, you know, I'm like really hoping Matt runs with the real estate and he has, he enjoy, you know, he enjoys it and I can see yeah. that. So it's been fun to see sort of what he likes and also to see that he's good at it and has some really good insight into our investing. 
Yeah. So when you guys are doing real estate, are you doing commercial? Are you doing um, like single family units to rent? I'm just so like we're not nosy. sure yet because right now we're figuring out um, where to get the money from. Uh-huh. Um, so we're just learning about this new special type of retirement plan. Um, that I don't have to go into, but just learning how we can use that for real estate. So we're just figuring out how to get access to the cash to invest in real estate. I mean, you can invest in real estate without cash, but it's easier if you have cash. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And like your long-term goal with it, is it to hold on these things or is it to like flip them or are you still, I don't think we're going to be flippers. Um, yeah, I think like, yeah, holding on to them and just, you know, really creating an a different, uh, an additional stream of income is how I'm looking at it. Yeah. I want many ways of making money happening at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's what they say, like the average millionaire, you've got seven different streams of income in order to do that. So yeah, I see that too. So like I said, like we have just become landowners. So my husband's family farm, you know, is owned through his parents, his grandmother, they rent from other people, but it's been really interesting, like crunching the numbers and seeing what this ground can produce to pay for itself. And then as you keep paying that forward, paying that forward as it pays for itself, and then we do some development with it and make it better. um, It really, I can see through, and it comes more through his side of the family, um, where you're setting up future generations with some really great honeypots for the future. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I think, you know, obviously we're thinking about money to make money for like ourselves, but yeah, totally thinking about how this can become like your legacy, you know, leaving money, not just like, Oh, I die and my son gets all this money type of thing. Cause that, that is like one aspect of it. But I, of course, because of what I do, I'm thinking, well, I want to make sure he knows these skills that I have and to kind of learn how to perpetuate them. Right. So he can give to his legacy. And so, for example, with real estate, what we're thinking is, you know, at some point we're going to buy a property in his name. We're going to teach him how to invest in real estate because this is like a skill, not even like thinking this might be his job. I don't think job and money are necessarily the same thing. I think you and I both agree on that. And so I want him to have the skills to know how to make money regardless of what he does, because let's say, you know, if you have money handled, you can do whatever you want, right? Yeah. So if his passion is to do, I don't know, something that typically doesn't make money, for example, it's not going to matter because he knows how to make money. Right. And I think that's where a lot of us as female physicians are really, I wouldn't say struggling with, but really um, navigating right now is marrying our passion with how we can pair that up with our money. And, And also like taking, teasing out that parts and realizing like, your job doesn't have to, you know, your mainstream of income doesn't have to fulfill your passion and, and being okay with that and like dissecting that apart, I think is really important. And yeah, I mean, it, there's studies that show that generationally um, people who teach their children how to make money, how, talking about money, the value of it, all, all of the money drama stories, you know, that maybe in the past were not dissected out in families that you are setting your kids up to potentially be better. And now I think then that comes in too, because I recently, we're getting ready to go on the holidays. My family, very loud, very like talk about controversial things around the dinner table. So consumerism came up not too long ago. And I'm kind of like, I don't know that this is sustainable. Like in our, you know, and of course, like I'm in like ultra conservative Bible Belt uh, Midwest. So I think it's important too that we give our kids a different, 
uh, worldview as well, you know, that about our money and about how other people are living too, because I think that helps build our gratitude practices as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, you kind of touched upon what I call money beliefs. Um, And so, you know, as adults, what we think about money and what we believe, you know, things like money is hard, money comes from time and effort that just comes from decades of, you know, programming from our parents, you know, mostly our parents, our friends, you know, where we grew up, our surroundings, environment. Um, And the, so I feel as an adult and as a parent, you know, compelled to really deal with my stuff so that I don't pass that on to my son. Right. Um, Because they don't have decades of crap to undo, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like we do, it's so much harder for us because we've got all this baggage, but our kids don't. And they just learn stuff so quickly. And it's, it's, I think that's one of the biggest delights as a parent is to see that. It kind of yeah. reminds you that they're, they're like blank canvases, you know, and that. And they just absorb it so quick. Like, yep. Yeah. That's truth. They're not worried about like failing or any of that stuff. Right. Cause that's not in their, like, you know, in their files yet. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. What's your favorite money belief you're working on right now for yourself? Oh, um, well, you said one of them in the beginning, you said, I love money. I love money too. That's a favorite money belief. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of like, when you say that to other people, it's interesting. I love just seeing how people react. I don't, I don't say it to get a reaction, but that's a great belief to throw out there that I do believe. And obviously some days I believe it less, um, mm-hmm. just to see, cause that's a great way to see how other people feel about money. Cause there's a lot of shame around money. Um, But yeah, I love money and there's, and also just like learning to love that it's okay to love money. There's no shame in it, you know, because people think money's good or bad or whatever. And what I'm, what I really love about money is that, you know, the more money you have, the more you can do, the more good you can do in the world, the more impact you can have. Um, So just really learning that and being okay with that. And, and also teaching that to other women physicians that, you know, it's okay to love money. I think we have a lot of issues with that. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that's so important that we neutralize the feelings that we have around money. Because like you said, it's neither good nor bad. It's just neutral. It is what it is. And I give the example like it's not that that it's it's enough or not enough because like if we exchange our dollar for the European euro, you know, like it totally changes, but yet it's still money. It's still currency, but it's just neutral in that. And so if we can view it, my favorite money belief right now is that money is abundant. And I just keep telling myself that. And my favorite like fun money mantra right now is shake that money tree. Like when I start like <laughs> I getting, that. when I start getting worried or like oh, doing the checkbook, I'm like, I'm just going to go shake that money tree because it's there. It's abundant. I'm totally going to steal that. Uh, another should. belief I have that is money is easy. Mm. So whenever I feel like a little worried, you know, cause like I'm human, I'm going to feel worried sometimes yes. about whatever, including money. I, I just say, you know, money's easy, but shake that money tree kind of puts some humor into it. So I'm totally, you know, I use that money is easy. And like when I start getting into like scarcity mindset and I start getting scared and like we have a big bill come in or like something else, you know, the car breaks down or whatever, you know, like something like that. My kids and I, this is my, like turn my attitude around. We literally, I'm like, okay. The person who finds the first money in the house gets a prize. And so like we search like 
everywhere and we go find it, you know, because it's like you said, money is easy. You can find it anywhere. You walk across the parking lot and you find the money. And that's one cool thing that I've just been doing more for myself, honestly, but I'm glad my kids are tagging along. Is like money's available to you. It's easy. Absolutely. Like go find that quarter. Yeah. I love that you turned it into a game because that's such a great way to teach kids, I think. And then, yeah, it's good for us too. Like adults can play games too. Like board games have actually been making a big comeback. You just reminded me. Um, Do you guys play board games at all? We do. So we had a snow day here (laughs) in Indiana yesterday. So I guess I'll have to throw out, this will be our next question of favorite board games. But we played last night Connect Four with the little things you drop down. Yeah. Oh my gosh, my three-year-old loved it because she would drop one and she'd be like, I block you. (laughs) And we also played Uno last night, which is not technically a board game, but still very fun. What about you and your little guy? Is he into any board games? Well, he's only two, so we haven't played any board games yet. But um, as you can guess, we play money games. (laughs) There you go. So we have have Monopoly and we actually have a game called Cashflow. Have you heard of that? No, I'm going to have to Amazon this. So I don't know how old your kids are. So how old are they again? Eight, almost six and three. Okay. So you could probably play this with your eight-year-old and the other kids can watch. Um, it's called Cash Flow. It's the game that the Rich Dad Poor Dad guy invented. So I'm oh, sure you've heard of that book. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a game that teaches you about money in a game format, but it's actually pretty realistic and you learn the lessons quicker than real life, right? Because it takes time in real yeah. life to like buy something, invest, maybe make a mistake, learn from the, you know, that just takes years. And then you also lose real money, right? Which is, you know, which happens Sucks sometimes. But the game actually facilitates that so it's like Hmm. it's a game so it's not real but you learn all these lessons and it's a great way to talk about money with your kids so jack's obviously two so can't do that but we haven't played i have a 13 year old stepson we haven't played the game yet with him but i just got it recently to to do that you know because otherwise we'd just be on tv right yeah (laughs) exactly i love and we try to do that in the wintertime more is like have more game nights one that you might think about for your toddler hi-ho cheerio like we started that one pretty early. My kids still love it. Now we've like lost all the cherries, but I don't there know actually what that is, are but... some really cool toddler board games. There was another okay. one that was like a chicken game that we used to play. And there was another one that had a little rabbit. I'll have to put all this in the show notes where you pull the carrots out. And if you pull the wrong carrot, the, the rabbit like jumps up. So no, these are good ideas because I, I'm Christmas. always trying to other. Yeah. Otherwise it's like, it's just so easy to like, you know, I actually don't watch TV, but Matt, my fiance does. And so it kind of drives me nuts that the TV's always on. And what, what else can we be doing with our toddler or our stepson? That's not just being glued to a screen. So that's kind of why I yeah. think board games are making comebacks. I think parents are trying to figure out what can we do with our kids. That's spending some quality time where we're actually, you know, talking to each other. Um, and there's so, so many yeah, cool look into ones, those games. too. We used to, so favorite board games when I was a kid, definitely Monopoly. We did a lot of Monopoly at my house. We did a lot of Life. That was a fun one that I had oh, the yeah, cars I like that with too. the little people. And yeah, that was a good one. We played a lot. Um, Candyland. Remember Candyland? Yes. <laughs> yes. Definitely love some Candyland. Not a board game, but Jenga. I used to, and I... I think about it now and I probably should like went into engineering. I used to make some crazy shapes with Jenga, like not the, the tower, but like use the blocks for other things. Loved it. Loved it so yeah. much. What about you? Favorite games growing up? 
Uh, Candyland was my, one of my favorites. Um, card games um, like Uno, um, Go Fit, you know, like the stupid stuff like Go Fish, Uno, Solitaire. Well, Solitaire, I think I actually played on a computer, actually. <laughs> Even yes. growing up, I had like the Apple IIc, but it, it had Solitaire on it. So we all got good at that. <laughs> We all got good at solitaire. Yeah. Because it was like the only game out there. You know, one game too, just like totally not about money. We're going off topic, which is totally great. But Pretty Pretty Princess, I used to make my boy cousins play that with me. And I have some great blackmail photographs of them for when their kids get a little bit older. (laughs) I don't know that game, but it it sounds interesting. It's, It's like you get different pieces of jewelry and you have to wear it. And if you get the black ring, that's like a bad thing and all that kind of good stuff. But yeah, I think, I think so. I think there's something getting away from devices, getting less screen time. There is a resurgence in board games. I'm really glad to see it. That's some of my best memories as a kid. Regionally, here in Indiana, we play a card game called Euchre. Are you familiar with this? Mm-mm. Mm. All my people How do you spell out there. That? Uh, E-U-C-H-R-E. Euchre. Huh. No, but I don't, you know, I'm not really, I don't, I don't really have any card game skills, to be honest. I don't even know how to play poker, for example, so. I don't either. I'm not very good at poker. I get too flared up, so. <laughs> Well, Bonnie, it has been so great just shooting the shit with you, talking about favorites. If people are interested to learn more about your Wealthy Mom MD and potentially working through their own money stuff, or maybe they got some money laying around in some piles that they need to figure out what to do with, where can they find out more about you and hang out with you? Sure. So I have my website, which is WealthyMomMD.com. And for the women physicians listening, I do have a private Facebook group called Wealthy Mom Physicians, which you can search and join. And I'm on, you know, the normal social media outlets, Instagram, et cetera. It's all under Wealthy Mom MD, so it should be pretty easy to find. Yeah, you're out there. I love it. Well, friend, it's so good talking with you. See ya. Thanks so much, Dr. Bonnie Koo, for coming on the podcast and doing the favorites podcast with me. I think that she's an absolute wonderful person and she is a great, great resource when it comes to everything money. All right. You ready for my kick of encouragement? I'm actually stealing it from one of my absolute favorite money books. It's called You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. If you haven't read the green book, You need to get your hands on it. Get on Amazon, spend like the $13 to get it, and then read it. Because I'm telling you, it will help shift all of this money shit in your head. So what I'm stealing from is her chapter on your mental money maker. Again, I think everything that she's doing is wonderful. But what I want to read to you specifically, where I want to give you a kick of encouragement is not instead of focusing on what you should do to make money, but instead on the things that you need to stop doing, which you can't be thinking so that it isn't impairing you. So listen to my list here. And it's actually Jen's list. So listen to Jen's list as I read it to you. You can't be weird about the fact that you not only desire to have money, but that you're going to focus everything you've got to make it happen. You can't make sure everything is perfect before starting. 
there is a fine line between perfectionism and procrastination. Get your website up. Get the business cards. Take the headshots, whatever. Get yourself in the position to bring in money and deal with the fine tuning later. You can't be precious about getting rid of all the distractions in your life. Distractions are like unwanted hair. Get rid of one and another will sprout up somewhere else. Get rid of whatever is most easily dealt with. And as far as the rest go, learn to stay focused on making money in spite of them. There's never a lack of great exercises or reasons or whatever to shift your focus away and to slow you down. Stay determined. Stay focused. Next one. You can't whine about how little time you have or how nobody around you is supportive or that you're already working so many hours a week and thinking, how the hell am I supposed to do this? That hits me a little hard. Anyway, she goes on to say, take responsibility for the fact that you've created everything in your life to this point via your thoughts, your beliefs, your focus, your actions, and your energy, and that you have the power to shift your mindset to raise your frequency and create new things that serve you better. Get out of victim mode and into badass mode and be diligent about your mindset. Second to last one, you can't need to know exactly what you're doing before you move forward. Get practice at taking the next step that feels right. There's no greater teacher than experience. You will get all the answers you need as much by falling on your face as you will by knocking it out of the park. So get going. And the last one, you can't get advice from people who aren't further along than you are. We tend to want to involve our old pals and people we feel comfortable with when we're pushing ourselves to a new financial zone. But if you really want to grow, you need to hang out with people you can learn from who know what they're doing, not just what people you feel comfortable with are doing. Take advice from people who are nowhere near where you want to be is one of the best ways to stay right where you are. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty compelling list to me of what not to be doing. And so what I want to do to give you a call to action is to write down why. Why do you want to have a more fulfilling life? Why do you want to invite money more into your bank account and give three reasons why that is stronger than your fear? And then notice three things about your financial life that you're focusing on in a negative light and make a conscious choice to shift your focus. All right, guys. And if you want to be around other badass women who are doing this, you need to get into the mastermind. We are like T minus 18 days before we get started. And I know there's someone still out there who needs to get their butt signed up. So check out the show notes and I can't wait to see you. Remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Yeah.